All he did was almost record double-digit sacks. Steps up in the pocket and goes down. Guess who? Aiden Hutchinson. Here's a guy who has the work ethic and the talent. Now Willis taking a shot for the end zone and it's caught. First of all, I think Malik Willis from Liberty and Kenny Pickett from Pitt may even be gone by the time they pick at 50. Welcome into another edition of First Draft. Field Yates, Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay and... I know that we haven't even gotten to the 2022 NFL Draft, but it's hard for us to not be looking ahead a little bit already. And as we know, sometimes when teams are evaluating their quarterbacks, it's not just about what they can do for this year, but whether that player is cemented as a starter beyond this season. So Mel and Todd, and I'll start with you, Todd, here. I'm going to ask you which quarterback or quarterback strike you as under the most pressure for the 2022 season, or we could be talking about his current team as one of the primary players in the market for a quarterback during the 2023 NFL Draft. Yeah, I'm going to go with Daniel Jones from mm. the New York Giants. You've got, you've got a new general manager. You've got a new head coach. You're looking at this, at this situation, and, and Daniel Jones is clearly their guy. You know, Dave Bowles come out and said that he, he's going to be their guy next year, but it feels like a one-year tryout, right? And to me, he's got to find a way to win and show progress throughout the season. Now, I look at it this way, Mel, and I, I, don't, I know that you like Daniel Jones. You liked him more coming out of school than I did, and I, I still I struggle with him. You've got the injuries, and you can't really control that, obviously, and he's tough and he fights through things, but he's had an ankle. He's had a hamstring, had the neck injury. I mean, it's just it's, he's always missing games, it feels like. And then in 38 games played, he has 49 giveaways. He's turned the ball over 49 times in 38 games. I can't win with that. You've got to protect the ball better. I know you're going to say, well, they haven't protected him, and, and part of it is the, the lack of receivers. Well, they signed a huge free agent, and it didn't uh, turn out last year. But to me, they put enough in with Saquon Barkley, and I know he's had injuries as well, with the wide receivers, with the tight ends that they've had. To get this kind of production, to me, it's just frustrating. So this is a one-year trial, and if it doesn't work out, the Giants are going to be scrambling to try to package picks to move up probably in the top two to wind up getting a quarterback like a Bryce Young from Alabama or a C.J. Stroud from Ohio State a year from now. Yeah, it's odd circumstances. And uh, you can only say it's circumstances that prevent you from getting to a certain level, and then it's, you know, there's no more excuses. I, I like when you don't have any more excuses. And uh, to evaluate a quarterback to me is the offensive line getting the job done. Are the pieces around the quarterback healthy, and are they getting the job done? Do you have some semblance of a running game? If the quarterback then is still struggling with turnovers and he's trying to be Josh Allen when he's not as big and as physically gifted as Josh and he's getting injuries then and not playing smart all the time, then that's on the quarterback. But until those pieces around him come together, you know, of guys dropping balls that are perfectly thrown. He was called Danny Dimes for a reason, but a lot of those balls have been dropped over the last few years. The offensive line still is going to be a work in progress. There's new pieces coming in. They may draft the right tackle. I don't know if it's going to come together or not, but I'm going to go to my guy, Tua. Uh, you know, is my quarterback that I think is under the most pressure because of what they've done. They've gone out and gotten you Tyreek Hill. They got you Jalen Waddell last year, your former teammate, who had a great rookie year coming back off the injury he had at Alabama. You have Cedric Wilson, who had that great year at, uh, at Dallas, right? The great finish to the season there. Cedric Wilson, after Gallup got hurt, did a great job. You have Mike Gazicki at Titan. 
Great catch radius, can go get the ball, throw it up, let him go. You added Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. Mostert with McDonald at, with the 49ers. You have everything going. The offensive line, you added Armstead, you added Williams. Now all of a sudden you got a chance to maybe draft an interior guy as center. Tua, you said, perfect for this system. Gets the ball out. The stri- Everything's got around him now. And will the line come together? It's the same thing with the Giants. Will the line come together? You've added some big-time pieces, right? Will they gain the necessary cohesion? Will everybody stay healthy? And if it does happen, then Tua has to be the right guy. They drafted him over Justin Herbert. Herbert's already considered one of the elite young quarterbacks in the NFL. Tua's got to be to that level. You can't be in this division with Josh Allen and an emerging Zach Wilson. Okay, and then you have a situation with Tua, and then you have Mac Jones. Mac Jones was the best of all those young quarterbacks. So if you want to go Josh Allen one, Mac Jones two, Zach Wilson three, and then at four you're Tua, and mm. ain't getting it done. Mm. Especially in the ASC, where if you're four there, you're going to be way down when you throw in Mahomes and Herbert and Burrow and Lamar and all the other mm-hmm. guys, right? So Tua to me, because of the conference, the division, what they did around him. Okay, and the great thing is, if he does play really well, then you got the picks next year to even build up the roster even more. Okay, so this this will be exciting times. Yeah, two picks in the first round, or it could be wow, we got a lot in place, but we don't have the right quarterback. Okay, Mm -hmm. then you're worrying about where you're picking next year to get Young or Stroud. So for me, it's all about Tua in Miami to become the guy we all thought he could be. Now, like you say, he's a couple years removed from the injuries. He's completely healthy. Go play like the tool we thought we would see coming out of Alabama with the Miami Dolphins. All right, so there you have it. Daniel Jones for Todd, Tua Tungvaluwa for Mel, two quarterbacks that might be under some pressure if they do not perform this upcoming season. certainly feels like a critical year in 2022 for each of them. That'll do it for these three for right now. But coming up next, Mike Tannenbaum released his first and I believe only mock draft, maybe one of two or three Mm. in total during the pre-draft process yesterday. We're going to have Mike T. on the show to dive into his picks and hear what he has to say about some of the notable selections that he forecasts for the NFL draft less than one month away from right now. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country. There's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Thanks, Field. Look, Jason Fitz here getting to hang out with Mike Tannenbaum. And Mike, you know, I love that we get to have this conversation because I'm always transparent with people. You're one of the people I hit up all the time for information. And when we get into this mock draft, particularly, I think it's badass. You decided to do a mock draft that's not just, hey, this is what teams are doing. This is what teams I'm hearing might be doing. You decided to do a mock draft of this is what I would do. Why did why, why that direction? Before we get into the mock draft, why that direction? Yeah, great to be with you always, Jason. And uh, I know uh, we're contractually obligated to talk about the Raiders at some point, but mm -hmm. there's 31 other teams that I guess we got to get to at some point. But uh, it's really just about me seeing the seat of those 32 respective teams and not necessarily like – and Mel and Todd do an unbelievable job. This is just sort of like looking at it as if I was seeing the seat, given where they are, what they've done, what they need to do, what's the best decision for them – as a GM in this moment, now that we're sitting here in late March, where a lot of the haze in the barn, a couple more moves teams will make, and it should be like a really fun discussion about how each team may actually make decisions based on their respective circumstance. So, I mean, then let's hop right in, because I think there's a real question about how you value certain positions, right? Because I'm looking at a mock draft that has Ahmad Garner going number two overall. Why? Because ESPN's Rex Ryan was hired by us in 2009, and Ozzie Newsom at the time, the general manager of the Ravens, said, hey, Mike, I just put Rex outside on I-95, and there's a sign around his neck that says, I need corners. And to win consistently in the NFL, you need corners, corners, and corners. Look, we've talked about the proliferation of the passing game and points. And I don't know if you know this, but the Raiders got Devontae Adams at some point. I, I heard that somewhere. I don't, I, it's, 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 a, it's a miracle, Mike. It's a miracle. And in all seriousness, you got to be able to play man-to-man -man at some point and get off the field. Aaron Glenn is going to be a head coach, and he's the defensive coordinator of the Lions. They're not good enough at corner. Jeff Okuda is coming off of a major injury. They have some other guys, but more questions than answers. And when you look at, to me, Sauce Gardner at number two, he reminds me of Antonio Cromartie. He can play man-to-man. -man. He has great length. And when you got to go play against great difference-making wide receivers, to have a guy that could shut – a half of the field like we had Darrell Rios on those great jet teams sauce Gardner to give up a touchdown this past year. So then how do you value corner versus passers? Cause I hear you and it makes total sense, but I just feel like, you know, I spent all year covering college football, telling everybody watch cave on Thibodeau is going to be the first pick in the draft. You've got him at seven. And I understand the concept of Garner is, is that shutdown corner you need, but what about just getting somebody that can murder a quarterback? So there's great arguments for that. At the end of the day, there's something known as changing the math. And, and really what that means is if you can play man-to-man -man on the back end, if an offensive line has six guys in, keeping in the tight end or running back, you send seven. They go max protection, keep seven in, you send eight. So if you could hold up on the back end, you could get to hit the quarterback. So I'm looking at your mock draft, and – yeah, I now I've already had a problem with number two. Now I have a problem with number three. I, like, I don't even know how we're going to get into the 20s, Mike, but I don't have a problem with number three. I, I look at Kyle Hamilton and I think, my God, what a delight just to watch him play every single Saturday. I mean, just it, it's special. It's different. It hits different. But how many games does having an epic safety actually win for a bad team like the Texans? Yeah, what I would say the inverse is it's hard to win without a guy like him. And here's why. He has over 300 snaps at corner, safety, slot, corner, slash, nickel. So when you see that sort of versatility, he plays a lot faster than 4.59. And, again, 
if you're the Houston Texans and you want to win the AFC, at some point you got to cover some of those great tight ends, defend those passing games. Kyle Hamilton can do that, plus he could blitz. So it's not a luxury pick, but it's hard to get to where you want to go long-term, Jason, without a guy like him. What's that conversation like in the war room? Like when you're a GM and you're coming in and saying, man, we just need an influx of talent. But when you're a coach, you're saying so often, like, this is my system. This is the way I want to run it. And now you've got a guy that sort of a Swiss army knife, which could be really good, or it could mean that he's not a part. Like, well, how, how do you go through that debate with everybody? Let me take you to a Bill Belichick draft me, because I think he did it as well as anybody. He would say, hey, Jason, tell me about Kyle Hamilton, Notre Dame. What's his role? What's his projection? So take someone like Patrick Chung. He's played safety for Bill. Patrick Chung can play man-to-man in the slot. That would be in the scouting report. They would select Patrick Chung, and you will go out into May for the first rookie minicamp, and guess what? Where is he? Patrick Chung lining up man-to-man in the slot. And I think one of the many reasons he's been so successful, and I know this sounds incredibly simplistic, but there's a lot of teams that don't do this. He holds scouts and personnel people accountable by when you put your summary in there, what is his role? What is his projection? What, what is his strength? What does he do well? And then he marries that into the scheme and the system. So, again, go back to someone like Kyle Hamilton, you could go see him play the slot. You could see him blitz. You could see him play in the deep part of the field. Those are all elements of, let's say, someone like what Devin McCourty could do. So if we're building a defense similar to, like, Belichick, that safety, the more tools in the toolbox, the more valuable they become. Now, I can already hear people listening in my head screaming, get to the quarterbacks, because that's all we love to talk about. But uh, Tiny Hands Pickett, you've got Kenny going at number six uh, to the Panthers. But This is where I get a little confused in this year's draft, because I think, you know, if you look at last year's quarterback class, much better than this year's quarterback class to mo- most people. If you look at the projections for next year's quarterback class, looks to most people to be better than this year. Even though the Panthers are desperate to take a quarterback, is it the right move to take the best quarterback in this class if the best quarterback in this class isn't as good as other best quarterbacks? Well, that's interesting. But if you want to finish the thought, Matt Rule may be the head coach of Temple next year, watching guys like C.J. Stroud get drafted. So the best way for him to keep his job is he looks to the left, he sees Sam Darnold. He looks to the right, he sees Kenny Pickett, who's 24. He's had 49 starts, and you say, okay, He's not perfect, but he's really like a little bit of a better Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins makes $35 million a year to be good, not great. Kenny Pickett comes in with a health, healthy McCaffrey. I probably saved my job. So even though it's not ideal, I love Bryce Young, love the ups, upside of Stroud. Kenny Pickett's a good quarterback, more of someone I would say is a stabilizer. Where, where's, the, where's the line for you when you're a GM and you're sitting there uh, you know, I'm making you the GM of the Panthers right now. Like, what's the line for you on figuring out, hey, I got to save my job. We need a quarterback, and he's the best we got versus, uh, you know, maybe we can address a bunch of other needs and see where things are. You know, Coach Parcells had a great expression about having hold the fort players. Like, we have to hold the fort and develop something. And I'll give, you know, Derek Carr and the Raiders, like, they've established something now. Obviously, there was a coaching change, and now you got Josh coming in, and we expect him to do a great job. But – Kenny Pickett to me is a stabilizing player. When he comes in, he's going to elevate the floor. His ceiling may not be, you know, as high as we like for a top 10 quarterback, but we can win a lot of games with him. And if we want to sit here four years from now, Jason, and say, hey, is he worth $40 million a year? I'd love to have that conversation, but we're still running the Panthers four years from now with Pickett. So let's get to the wide receivers. It's a huge wide receiver class. We all know that. 
Uh, you have Drake London going to the Falcons at eight overall, uh, but you have Garrett Wilson. Sorry, I missed that one to the Jets. That's your top wide receiver. Uh, give me a value-added proposition in your mind from a GM standpoint. Why go wide receiver so high when there are so many that you can get? Yeah, it's a very fair question. But in the Jets case, you know, they were in the thick of things with Tyreek Hill. They need a frontline number one receiver that someone else has to worry about on every snap. That's Garrett Wilson. Run after a catch. Only had two drops. Great athlete. And I love Drake London. And, and Mel had a great analogy when he compared – London a little bit to a guy like Mike Evans, more of a basketball power forward point scorer. But when you watch the Jets, they need an explosive difference maker. And to me, because Jamison Williams' health, and we'll get into him down the road here, because he's not healthy, someone like Garrett Wilson, I think he just checks every box. He comes in, and he's a frontline number one. Jets need some help at pass rush. We'll get to that in a second. But I think the value here is too good for Wilson to pass up. So what, what I got the mic in front of me. I can take us wherever we want, Mike. Uh, so when you talk about Jamison Williams, I mean, he falls in your mock to 29, and that's the Chiefs obviously trying to replace Tyreek. Uh, but that that's largely injury-based. Why, uh, why do we have Drake London at eight when he's coming off a, a, a serious injury as well? What's the difference there? Because he'll be ready to go sooner. And if we were running a team for the next 10 years and cared about nothing else, we're taking Jamison Williams – I think when it's all said and done, he's one of the two or three best football players. I was scouting the Georgia-Alabama game at the SEC championship game. That was a heavyweight fight, Jason. And Georgia had Alabama on the ropes. And the best player in that game with eight gazillion prospects was Jamison Williams. Seven catches, 184, two touchdowns. He is Tyreek Hill. He is that explosive, one healthy. He His speed, his play speed is differentiating. I, I'm in love with him as a player. And if we're building a team for the next 10 years, we know he has the ACL, but barring on some un unforeseen, he should be ready to go, you know, by midseason. And now you have a great player for a long time. I, I got to be clear here. Let me make sure everybody listening that knows my Raiders fandom say, hears this loudly. I'm not and will never question the Raiders' decision to trade for Devontae Adams. That being said, you might have my favorite wide receiver at 22. Jahan Dotson, Penn State. Like I, I always make the analogy that I felt like we spent the year watching highlights where he was walking up invisible stairs. Like he's a guy that high points of football better than I can remember in a long time. Why is he not higher on some people's boards as a difference maker? I think a little bit of his size, but gosh, I love him. I, I, I see Marvin Harrison. You know, we, we had to defend Marvin Harrison for all those years at the Jets. And what was so frustrating, Jason, was we knew the routes he was running and we still couldn't stop it. He was so precise and had incredible footwork. And you look at Dotson, he's the same guy. He's undersized, incredible hands, incredible feet. And I think he's going to make somebody, you know, he'll be picked somewhere in that range because, again, he's not ideal size-wise, but he's going to make some quarterback a lot better because he's so reliable. And once he has the ball in his hands, like, look out, he can make big, big plays. Let's talk about how Mike Tannenbaum evaluates talent surrounded by talent because this is going to affect a couple of different people in this draft. We'll start from the quarterback side. You have the Steelers taking Malik Willis. Uh, I think one of our draft guys said to me recently that I could have been a wide receiver for Liberty at my height. So, like, we understand that Malik Willis wasn't necessarily playing with the best of the best, but his pro day had everybody, you know, in love. How do you look at a, at a body of work that's at liberty and decide how that's going to translate to the NFL? It's hard. It's hard. And that's why we want to send him to a place where he could sit for a year. 
When we were at the Jets, we had Chad Pennington. He sat for a year behind Vinay Testaverde. We saw Patrick Mahomes sit behind Alex Smith. We've seen Trey Lance now sit behind Jimmy G. And because of that, it just maximizes their chance to be successful. And I love Malik Willis to the Steelers because I think at this point in his career, Trubisky is a great bridge quarterback. Have Willis for a year. Willis has unbelievable character. Like, he is, like, off the charts special. And you, like, to me, there's a great expression that applies here. The tape sets the floor. The character sets the ceiling. Like, he's going to be successful or die trying. And I'm all in on guys like that. Now, he's an interesting build, Jason, because he really looks like a running back. He is a thick, lower-body guy. I think he's going to break a lot of tackles in the NFL because he's stronger than people realize. I saw him live in Mobile. He has really good arm strength, but he did play at Liberty. And if you and I were running a team, I think the responsible thing to do is to say, hey, you're going from Liberty to facing the AFC North. Like, let's, before you're out there competing against Miles Garrett, like, let's get your feet under you. Let's get you through an offseason. Let's get you acclimated, and you're going to sit. I, I think it's just somewhat, if you can, irresponsible to put a quarterback out there Again, if you're in a situation where you can wait, I just think it serves them long-term. Yeah, you're speaking the truth that I feel like I was yelling last year about Zach Wilson. It's not that I didn't like Zach Wilson at BYU. It's that a jump from BYU in a COVID year where you've had one great year to suddenly being the quarterback of the Jets, which is its own microscope. Like, that that feels huge to me. And so, for Malik, he goes in this mock, you've got him to the Steelers. What, frankly, I love about it is he goes to one of the most stable organizations in all of sports. He's not going to someplace that's not going to give him the opportunity to grow into the role. What I hate is... It just feels like such I'm risk averse. Like I would be the worst person in this situation. So I look at everything. I'm like, if you draft a quarterback in the first round and you're wrong, you're going to lose your job. So like in my mind, I don't know that you, unless you're obviously green Bay, they're, they're the exception to the rule at this point, but like, that's what, what concerns me for. But I, I, I love it from a leak. I, let me ask you though about the other side of it then. Cause like, I'm, I'm not good at math, but I'll say that you have roughly 722 players in the first round that played on the defensive side for Georgia. And that defense was spectacular. I love Mina Kimes tweeted out during the combine. Good thing they won a national championship because with this much talent, we would be angry if they didn't. So when you look at somebody like Jordan Davis, but you're trying to also decide how to value Jordan Davis when you know that he was surrounded by so many other, like Trayvon Walker, like how do you decide how much impact somebody has on the field when they're surrounded by other people that also take attention? Yeah, no, that's totally fair. And, and candidly, you're, you're bringing up somebody that I, the guy that I struggle with the most of everyone you just talked about is Trayvon Walker. Because when you take a guy high up in the first round, Jason, they got to check every box prototypical size, character, production. And he's lacking production. And that's not to say he won't be a really good player because I hope he will be. But I got to tell you, whoever the GM and the head coach that turns in the Trayvon Walker card, they are going to go to bed at night thinking, like, Oh, boy, I think we can get out of him. I think we have a vision. But last time I checked, Kirby Smart's a really, really good coach. And he had average production for somebody that big. He also slid inside, played on the inside shade of the tackle, played some three technique as well. So he's he's a guy that has a lot of ability, a lot of versatility. By the way, versatility equals intelligence. They're not going to give him all those different things to do if he can't handle it mentally. So that's a huge positive for me. But – not seeing the production really concerns me about Trayvon Walker. What about Jordan Davis, who in the, the, the knock on him coming into the draft with it, he was only going to be on the field 
you know, for first and second down, not likely to be on the field for third down. Then he has a combine that makes everybody just uh, ooh and awe, and all of a sudden we're tripping over ourselves. Can you afford to spend a first-round pick on somebody that may not be on the field as much? I, I think so because he's going to create production for, for others. And uh, ironically, I have him going to Tampa uh, and pairing him with Vita Vea. And, you know, Vita went 12. And to me, if you pair those two guys, first of all, you're never going to run on the inside against Tampa Bay for the next decade. And then secondly, he will, you know, for all those years we compete against Tom Brady, we knew that Tom didn't mind the edge pressure because he would just climb the pocket. What Tom didn't like was the quick inside pressure of just trying to throw the guards in his lap. So Jordan Davis may not come back and be like a, a 10 sack a year guy, but what he can do is he create pressure. He's going to take a double team and you're going to be really happy. He's on your team. But when we look at the stats at the end of the year, Jason, it's not going to like he's going to have 10 sacks. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's get to one other pick that really interests me. And everybody watching this is smart enough to have listened to a million draft breakdowns. So we all know what happens at the end of the draft. But you have the 32nd pick in the first round, the Lions, by way of the Rams, taking Matt Corral, the quarterback out of Ole Miss. What's interesting to me about that is, to me, that's always the little goldmine spot where if you're picking in the second, third round, you want to move up. You'll do what it takes to move up to get your quarterback if it gets you that fifth year on the contract. So taking a quarterback in the 20s and 30s feels like a, a, it makes a ton of sense. So there, there, I got two thoughts for you here. One, who is Matt Corral with the, if he's with the Lions? And two, if he's really sitting there at 32, is everybody going to be jumping to try and get up there to get that extra year? Yeah, it's a great point. Teddy Bridgewater was the 32nd pick. Lamar Jackson was the 32nd pick. And I got to think that the quarterback that someone's going to take at 32 uh, is going to be a quarterback for that exact reason. I love Corral because I love his athleticism. I love his upside. There are some like plays where you're like, oh, that was a big mistake. But I think you could clean that up. And I think he's really quick twitch with good arm strength. I like want to see him drive the ball down the field a little bit more, struggle with some turnovers, got hurt in his last game. But there's enough ability there that when it's all said and done, he may have the most upside. I think Willis probably does, but he's probably second, certainly more upside than a guy like Kenny Pickett, just not as refined. And I think if you could get him at 32, if you're Detroit, let him sit for a year behind Goff, I think that's a really good way to go if I'm Detroit. What's the hardest position to actually scout in your mind to figure out for, for teams who's going to be good? I think it's quarterback because you just don't know what's being asked them. And it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. And that's why you have to spend so much time to see 
who's calling what plays, how much freedom do they have in the line of scrimmage. Take someone like Baker Mayfield. Baker was the first pick overall. His fatal flaw, Jason, was he ran 4.85. And when you run 4.85, you could be a great college quarterback because you could outrun most defensive linemen. At 4.85, he got knocked around a lot in the NFL. And it's not because he didn't care. It's just physics. He was too slow. So you're short and you're slow. That's a bad combination despite great arm strength and accuracy. And that's why I like to sort of project that sort of um, situation from college to the pros with all those variables is very, very difficult. So there's one thing this year in the draft that I think could be so wild to make this whole thing be just chaotic in the first round. And that's that we're used to every once in a while, a team having multiple picks in the first round this year, there are a bunch of teams that have multiple picks. And you mentioned my beloved Raiders. They don't even have a pick till the third round. So when you get into the draft and usually you have two first round picks, feels like there's equity to move up this year. So many teams have that. Is this the sit in and wait and get the best player available type draft to you? Or is this a bunch of people in the stock market floor, just throwing their hands up, trying to trade all over the place. But here's what's fascinating. I think those are all great points, Jason. Like, I know a number of teams want to move back. Giants want to move back. Jets want to move back. Pick up more picks. Who's the player you're coming up for? So, you know, we've talked a lot about receivers. If you need a receiver, stay where you are. Like, you may not get Drake London. You may get Traylon Burks. You may want Chris Olave. You get Jahan Dotson. Um, this is a, a draft, draft where I just don't see enough separation by most of the players to say, let's go get this guy. And that's why I think there may be teams that would love to move back, Jason, but – at the end of the day, I don't know who's going to be doing that. I, I just don't see the player or two that's going to be compelling to go up. It's a great point, Mike, because I'm thinking across the board, and even if we look at some of the mocks that go into the second round, the difference between some of these wide receivers and corners and positions that everybody seems to fall in love with from the middle of the first round to the middle of the second round feels a little bit like your favorite flavor ice cream. Like it's a, it, it's very subjective. Like I don't like Rocky Road, but you do. So I'm not going to trade. I don't know. Do you like Rocky Road, Mike? Where are we on Rocky Road ice cream? Right? Rocky Road's like solid. You know, it, it's sort of like a Kenny Pickett. Like we're happy with it, but we could do better. <laughs> Oh, that is, that's absolutely amazing. Who to you was, is when you went through everything, who was the player as you tried to place a player with the team that surprised you the most? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, it could have been someone like uh, going back to Tampa Bay with Jordan Davis, because I'm thinking a lot of what you were saying, like not a pass rusher, but this guy's a great player. And then I'm like, could you actually pair him with Vita Vea? And then you think about Indominus and Sue not being signed. I'm like, I actually think this works. Yeah, that, that it makes a ton of sense. And I just I'm looking at it here too, just at, at your board. And, and one other name I want to ask you about before we go anywhere, Derek Stingley Jr., 24 to the Cowboys. And what's interesting to me is that mock drafts a year ago before uh, he went back for another year seemed to everybody wanted to say Derek Stingley Jr. was going to be the guy. And that just didn't happen over the last really two two seasons. It's been it's been weird. So how do you sort of look at him and how does he project? Like what went wrong for him not to be a better player considering where we thought he would be? Coach Parcells, football players play football during football season. Guys play 10 games in two years. And if we were running a team, he may, when it's all said and done, be one of the best players that come out of this draft. But I would be hugely concerned by the fact that he played in 10 games in two years. And hopefully he's okay and the Liz Frank injury, and that's all behind him. He has a ton of ability, but that would scare me to death to take a player like that in the first round that's had that sort of 
track record already. Boise can be like five years from now, 10 years from now. Yeah, that's that's why you're smart. That's why you're in teams. And that's why I just here, sit here in front of a mic. Third round, Raiders are going to go guard, right? Like guard or wide receiver. It makes sense. Guards are always available in the third round. Wide receiver, you can get a burner. You want to add a little top end to that team. Like that, that's where we're going with the Raiders, right? So what, what, what's Josh and Dave doing on Thursday night? That, that's what I'm. I'm yeah, that's what, what, what are you like? You, you got no first round pick. What do you like? And, and the draft is in your city. Like, and you know, the team's going to be throwing a massive function. Like you just hanging out with everybody, letting everybody meet and greet Devante. Like that, that's all you can be doing, right? Are, are you working the phones or are you just hanging back? In all seriousness, I've been in a situation like that. You, you, you have a bucket of players, maybe four or five that you say, if something crazy here happens, we're talking about next year's number one pick. So if they get into the second round and I'm making this up and Jamison Williams is available or, you know, some like absolute no brainer, like in the middle of the second round, um, Trayvon Walker's there. There's maybe five or six players that you're like, barring a crazy event happening, we're not doing anything. But if these dudes are there, we're going to go get them and we'll give up next year's one. You know, Mike, the one thing I am certain of, 100% certain of, I've hosted the digital draft show for several years. I'll do it again this year. For the first time in years, there won't be a camera on my face when the Raiders select somebody that nobody's like last year, the only pick in the entire draft where they got my ears and they said, hold, you got it. You got to stretch here. We're not ready. We don't have anything ready on him was Alex Leatherwood. The only time because nobody thought it was coming. Like I've had the camera in my face so many times for Raiders picks that people uh, people have questioned this year. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy watching everybody else get worked up. Mike, uh, great work by you. I love this exercise. And all I ask is that. You know, if you ever decide you're going to leave us and go run an NFL team again, just let me come be like your coffee guy. Like, I'll make the coffee. I'll get everybody pumped up every day. You know, I'll be around there for you. And conversely, if you go back to, uh, you know, to a band, if you need somebody to come along and carry the instruments, just let me know. Oh, look at that. There's a podcast in there somewhere. Uh, Mike, appreciate it. (laughs) Great work by you, my friend. All right. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. 